Welcome to the War in Ukraine update from Kyiv podcast. I'm Jessica Ganawa, a lecturer in international relations at Flinders University in Australia, and I'm checking in with Maxim Yali, Professor of International Relations and Head of a Centre for New World Order at the National Aviation University in Kyiv. Thanks for talking to me today, Maxim. Welcome, Jessica. First of all, we're recording this on the 4th of September, and we've been seeing for the last week or so activity from the Ukrainian forces that seems as though it might be the start of counteroffensive from Ukraine. What do things look like from Kyiv and how are you evaluating what's been happening? We also have this information in use everywhere since 29th of August. It was actually anniversary of the tragedy in Ilovaisk, a small city in Donbass, when our soldiers were encircled and they were killed, though they were even negotiated a green corridor for them and they were promises from a Russian generals, official. And when they were leaving, they were killed. So the start, I would say, if we can call it, was quite symbolic, at least when media, everybody was talking, thinking, and of course, everybody in Ukraine was waiting for that moment. Besides, particularly for August, counteroffensive was declared by military intelligence, the head of it, and everybody was waiting for it. But from my perspective, and not only mine, actually, I would call it preparation for counteroffense. The situation in some parts of the front line in Kherson region, well, now it's changed. And we had even during first day some positive results declared officially, but it's not as intensive as it's supposed to be to be called counteroffensive. So I would say Ukrainian armed forces are checking weak points in defense of Russian troops. Besides intensification, we can say and see of MLRS, HIMARS, bridges, also ammunition depots. So these are the main goals during last month already, even more. Some military experts say that our counteroffensive started a month ago. When we started using much more often and extensively HIMARS system, and we just hit so many military targets, plus now some intensification. But uh, it's another kind of war. It's not like uh, during Second World War, thousands of troops start moving. We take care, first of all, about the lives of our people. And everybody knows in counteroffensive or offensive, the proportions should be three to one, and the casualties are much higher in offensive than in defense. You should not expect that tomorrow or next week will bring back Kherson, especially taking into account that Russians were preparing for this counteroffensive because it was many times declared by U- Ukrainian officials just because of August. So from my point of view, it could be a trick taking into account the number of soldiers participating in it, not so many couple of thousands, they crossed the front line. Probably we shall see our counteroffensive, the main strike, I would say, in another place, probably in the Parisia region. 
Probably in Donetsk. The battle for Donbass is not over yet. Ukrainian armed forces needed to show some changes and results until it gets cold, until uh, it's going to be season of rains, particularly in the south. I know how weather changes in Mariupol, for example. It's raining all day long, uh, starting from second half of October, November, for counter-offense, for tanks. It's not uh, good weather. It also doesn't allow them to start offensive on uh, Nikolaev, Odessa, which was still in their plans. To make them fail, we also needed to do something, to make some surprises, I would say. You know, we can call it in Russian cotton season. They make like special terms for explosions. For Russian audience, they don't call it explosions. For example, when our missiles hit their territory, including Russia. And it sounds like in Russian the same as cotton. We translate it to Ukrainian, bavovnate. We are making memes with that. So it's like a cotton season started in Crimea also. If the objective is in some ways to also wear the Russians down and impact Russian morale, do you think that there's been a shift in the rhetoric or the way the situation is being viewed on the Russian side? Like I'm wondering if you're seeing any lessening of morale on the Russian side or an understanding that the costs are mounting. You know, you just don't know pretty well Russian mentality and uh, the work of their propaganda. Mm-hmm. Every day we are making jokes in Ukraine when we read it, these reports of the Minister of Defense. For example, a few days ago they reported that uh, during one night they hit 40 HIMARS. Though during all that time, for half a year, we got only 17 from the United States and Great Britain. Ukrainian armed forces were making wooden models of mm-hmm. HIMARS, and they were hitting them. And then reporting, like, okay, we hit uh, 41. You know, they already, for example, after two days, uh, after 24th of February, they were writing it and saying in their propaganda TV shows that there is nothing left, no airplanes, nothing. Air defense system already, all of them were hit even pilots, they were saying that they were told that you can fly easily. They don't have air defense system. Then for at least four months, Russian airplanes don't fly into Ukrainian territory. They launch missiles from Caspian Sea or from the territory of Russia, sometimes from Belarus, but not from Ukraine. They are afraid to do it. As for moral, well, I saw just yesterday Opinion poll, most of Russians still support this war, as they call it a special military operation. But there are shifts and differences between those who are older, 50 plus, 70 plus. The older they are, the more they support it. But the younger Russians are, the less they believe in propaganda and the less they support it. Another question was interesting. Whether you want it to be continued or to be stopped and negotiations to be started. Here the situation interesting 50-50. So the number who support even due to official polls, the number of supporters getting lower. 
So we understand and Putin understands that uh, though they are saying every day that everything is going due to plan, people are getting tired and uh, more and more casualties, no matter that uh, they don't say that they are already 50,000 uh, were killed, but still people see dead people coming, funerals, besides rumors, etc., etc. Especially in Crimea, after that explosions, now air defense systems in Crimea working every day. The same in regions next to border to Ukraine. Also, air defense systems working every day. Of course, they are shocked. They didn't expect it. They flee from Crimea, for example, those who came there as tourists. Uh, and now we can see also from Belgorod, it's another Russian region, which is uh, very close to Kharkiv. Somebody smoked in the wrong place, like we call it, you know. And the more often it happens, the more people smoke in the wrong places, the more Russian understands that it's not only on TV and it concerns personally them. So, of course, the less supporters with every such smoking in their own place uh, they have. Mm -hmm. And we saw in the last week that inspectors from the International Atomic Energy Agency did manage to inspect the Zaporizhia power plant. Did you think that that was significant or did that seem mostly like a superficial development? Of course, it was superficial and uh, nobody expected in Ukraine. Any serious reports, it's like from United Nations, when there were terrorist attacks say, on Elenivka prison, for example, or when the whole world was watching how they were destroying Mariupol. Now the figures appear that they were 87,000 of civilians were killed due to morgue reports. The figure could reach even 100,000. We saw the defenders of Azovstal and civilians who, who were there, how they were just erasing from the face of Earth the steel plant. So nobody was expecting any serious results. We also joking about it. Okay, we established that it is Zaporizhia nuclear plant. We established that it's a nuclear plant. We established that uh, some missiles hit it. So, you know... When this inspector, they found one missile, it hit to the ground. So we can see from the direction of this rocket that it came from the territory occupied by Russian. And this Russian, he was obviously from FSB. And he's just saying, you know, when it hits to the ground, it changes 180 degrees, it changes direction. So like such a bull... And uh, with such a serious face, what can you say when well, it is so obvious? And besides also taking into account uh, that they control the territory, they didn't let the inspectors uh, see some parts of the plant where the shells, tanks, etc. was hidden. Some of it, military tanks, etc., they left beforehand. So, of course, uh, well, nobody is surprised and nobody expected anything from these inspectors. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks, Maxim. It's good checking in with you and discussing these issues with you today. Appreciate you being with me on the podcast. You're welcome. Thanks for listening. 
and thanks to Mr Smith for our theme music.